The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. Uh, As usual, I'm Andy Owens, and once again, I'm joined by John Irwin, our executive pastor here at Providence. John, welcome. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, and uh, we're honored that you, our listeners, would join us for these conversations. We really do hope that this podcast helps you trust God in the trenches of daily life, especially family life. So we're in chapter seven of Paul Tripp's book, Parenting. It's titled Lost, and he uses a medical illustration. He says, if you're diagnosed with stomach cancer, you don't just focus on alleviating the symptoms, but you focus on the treatment for the condition. So, John, how does that illustration kind of make the point of this chapter? Yeah, Andy, I think it was a great illustration and one to consider. You know, gospel parenting isn't just addressing wrong behaviors, although it includes that, but it's really seeking to deal with the condition of our children's heart, the spiritual sickness of sin. And so he uses the biblical word lost here. And so understanding the condition that underlies the behavior will help us parent with the right attitude, an attitude of love and compassion, as well as the right treatment in view. And that treatment is the grace of God in the gospel. And so like we've said in other chapters, having right expectations is key for us as parents. You know, we'll often hear in a sermon or read in a Bible passage that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, And when we read it, we believe it, we affirm it, We say yay and amen, but for some reason, we still seem to be shocked when our children act in sinful ways and need redemptive parenting. Why did you do that? (laughs) Exactly. What in the world is going on? So yeah, so if we don't hold in focus the reality that our kids are lost and will behave like lost people, we're going to constantly be discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we need to have good expectations, realistic expectations. So, so in this par- in this chapter, what Paul Tripp does, he looks at Luke 15, which has three parables, very famous parables, but he kind of walks through each of them quickly to ask the question, what does this word lost really mean? Like, what are all the implications of the fact that our kids are lost? And the first one is the parable of the lost sheep, right? A shepherd, he's got a yeah. hundred sheep, one of them's lost. So he goes out and searches for it until he finds it. He comes back rejoicing that he's found it. So he pulls out several implications uh, from this first parable. He says, like sheep need shepherding, children need parenting. By design, they're dependent, they need care. So we shouldn't get frustrated, irritated when they, they need us and when we have to correct them. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Again, another great illustration for us as parents to think of our, our children as sheep wandering. Yeah. Uh, when they wander, they do what lost people do, right? They uh, Sheep wander and lost people wander. So it's not, again, it's not a personal attack on us. It's not a an attempt to, to hurt us. It's because they're lost or separated from God. And then he says, like a lost sheep, our kids need to be rescued by someone else. They can't deliver themselves. The shepherd went and found the sheep. So then he, he goes to the next parable, lost coin. Well, sorry, this is about a woman who has 10 coins. She loses one and then she, you know, basically uh, turns the house upside down until she finds it. And Trip on this one, he, he pulls out implications more about the heart of the father to find lost people, right? Really, all these parables are about repentance and the joy in heaven when one sinner repents. But kind of the key application is that, hey, uh, we're ambassadors of God to our kids. And so our attitude should be like the father who's joyful when he finds what's lost, right? We, we shouldn't get mad at our kids, 
because they're lost, because they need our help. Yeah, and we can also look there at our Heavenly Father and see, you know, there's compassion, there's patience, That's right. there's graciousness towards us uh, as we continue to um, wander in some of the ways that we wander. Yeah, it's good. And then the last parable is the one that takes up most of the chapter, and it's the parable of the prodigal son. It's one of the most well-known of all Jesus's parables. And he really highlights two things. We could talk, could talk for a long time about this parable, but he highlights our temptation towards independence and our tendency to self-deception. So let's talk about those a little more. What, what's he getting at? Well, I think, you know, he talks about the two lies, dangerous, destructive lies that every child believes. And the first one there is the lie of autonomy, that no one should be able to tell me what to do. And so whether you have a toddler who's refusing the food that you're trying to get them to eat or a teenager that is having trouble with what you do or do not want them to wear, it's really about a desire for autonomy and independence. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is somewhat similar, the lie of self-sufficiency. Every kid wants to know that they have what it takes. I don't need help. I don't need to be instructed, corrected, coached. And ultimately, I don't need to be rescued. And every child falls into that lie as they seek independence from their parents. I've got this. I can do it. I got it. I want to do it my way. That's right. Yeah. So there's a lot more that we could draw out from Luke 15 and all these parables. But these are their helpful reminders that when the, the Bible describes our kids as lost, it means they're, they're going to reject our help. They're going to reject our loving attempts to to shepherd them the right way they're going to wander they're going to they're going to need a lot of pulling back in a lot of coaching a lot of rescuing in a sense and they're not going to welcome it often and so again that idea of expectations right as a parent parenting is really a thankless task in some ways you know sure i think we can all i, I mean i say all i'm sure this doesn't apply to everyone but I think a lot of us, when we grow up and become adults, and especially when we start we become parents ourselves, we realized, oh man, my parents understood more than I thought they did, and I understood less than I than I thought I did. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, with these two, the lie of autonomy and the lie of self-sufficiency, it gets challenging because one of our tasks as parents from age zero to 18 is to grow them up to be independent of us. Right. Right. And so we do want them to be sufficient in some things. We do want them to be grow in responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the trick there is they should also be growing in greater and greater dependence, just like us on God. in God. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. God. That's right. So he, um, he closes the chapter with five kind of statements about what children need since they're lost. Right. They need, first off, he says insight. What he means is insight into their hearts, right? The fact that they are lost. They, that's where the whole self-deception thing comes in is our lost kids don't know that they're lost. Yeah. And, and they, they, they need to be lovingly, patiently guided to evaluate their own hearts and what's driving yeah. some of their And decisions. like we talked about last time, sin blinds. That's right. You know what I mean? And so yeah. we have to work against that as well. Secondly, they need compassion, not condemnation, not irritation. They need loving, compassionate care and shepherding like sheep. Mm -hmm. Hope. Uh, what does he mean by that, John? What, what's he getting at that they need hope? Well, one that we're their allies, I think, uh, not their enemy or their adversaries, but even more than that, they need gospel hope. They need to hear over and over and over again that God sent Christ into the world to seek and to save the lost, mm -hmm. which flows into the fourth thing they need. 
Yeah, which is rescue. 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 Yeah, rescue. And, and that's, uh, I think, when we parent with the big picture in view, we recognize, okay, I shouldn't just focus on the externals, on the behavior, and therefore I don't settle for rules and punishments when the rules are broken, but I'm constantly on the lookout for opportunities to address the heart behind the behavior in the hope that they will recognize their need for the Savior uh, that God has sent. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the last one is wisdom. Yeah, and especially the wisdom that leads them to learn to say no to themselves. The hardest person they'll ever try to lead is themselves. Yeah. And so we have to help them. I still remember, I guess it was a year or two ago, we went through Titus, a sermon series on Titus. And in chapter two, Paul writes to Titus all these things to say to different categories of people in the church. And he says, and to young men, tell them to be self-controlled, right? That's right. Everybody else, he gives a longer list. He says, young men, if you can, if you can be self-controlled, that just focus on that. That's right. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So. Okay. Anything else you want to say, brother, to wrap this discussion up? Yeah, I would just encourage us as parents to be careful where we live. And what I mean by that is, if you think about concentric circles, where the the core circle is sort of the heart and the soul of a child, and then maybe the next circle out is the mind, and then the next one is the belief, and then the outer circle is the actions. If you think about that, and if you're always camping out in that outer circle of actions— and addressing action after action after action. It's really a behavior modification. And what we tend to do is to implement rule after rule after rule. And if we do that, then we're often missing out on gospel parenting. You know, Paul tells those in Colossae in chapter 2 that rules give the appearance of wisdom, but then he adds that they are no value against fleshly indulgence. And so we have to consistently focus on the heart. We have to go very all the way into that inner circle there of the heart behind the behavior and just focus on their need for a savior. And this will lead us to parent through prayer and independence on God, because we just can't change the heart ourselves. That's right. Well, that's a good word to, to wrap it up on. Thanks, John. Yeah, man. Appreciate Anytime. it. And uh, thank you guys for joining us, for listening. And again, we hope that the Lord will use this to encourage you to trust him for his grace. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.